You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. You're a wizard, tricky phrases, a walkie-talkie on a spree. Put away those silly phrases, they mean nothing to me. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck? Maybe hard to say it's true. Let's have fun, try an easy one, say I love you. Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I have failed to become an animal expert since <laughs> our last recording. Again, yeah, oh, I, man. I did try, but it didn't work. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the groundhog. Absolutely, but first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Well, this is not so much news as it is kind of uh, highlighting some really cool listeners that we have. So I want to I mention two of them today. First listener I want to mention is Anna. Anna sent us a message on Facebook, and she said, Greetings from Chad in Central Africa. Yes, your podcast even reaches to the heart of Africa. I admit I am about 44 episodes behind, but your podcast is a lot of fun to listen to. Always so lighthearted and and upbeat and full of fun facts. She says, I'm hoping someday you'll do an episode on genets and civets. They are roughly cat-sized carnivores that look a little bit like a cross between a cat and a ferret. I've seen genets twice in Chad, and it's one of the very few really cool animals I've seen here because you usually have to live near a game park to see the famous ones like lions and buffaloes. Not sure if you'd find any pop culture references to genets, though. Still, you've found some amazingly obscure pop culture references, so you never know. Yeah, never know. So hi, Anna. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, Anna. We really appreciate it. So it's really cool when you find out that one of your listeners is really artistic and creative and doing something really fantastic on the internet. And in the evening, I love watching YouTube videos to just kind of unwind and relax. And I generally go for like quieter things and preferably things that are kind of creative and artistic in nature. Our listener Lydia has a YouTube channel called Understanding Blue, and it features art tutorials. And most of the videos are less than 10 minutes long. All of them feature these little tutorials using stamps and watercolors and pastels that anybody can recreate. It's really cool, and we'll put a link in the show notes so that you can check out Lydia's work. And she's mentioned us on her her YouTube channel before, too. So thanks, Lydia. Yeah, thanks, Lydia. Alrighty, well, just a reminder before we go diving into Groundhog Burrows to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. I run a Pinterest board for every episode, and the link to that is at the bottom of our show notes. 
we also have really cool merchandise. So if you want some of that, go over to tpublic.com and put varmints in the search engine and you will find our crazy, awesome logo on t-shirts, mugs, whatever you want. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast where everywhere podcasts are found and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. So on with the show. Before we do that, we have to thank our Patreon supporters. Oh, yes, we do. Yay! They support the show by pledging a little money every month to our Patreon. All of that money gets put to good use. If you want to, you too can be a Patreon supporter by visiting patreon.com slash varmints. It's super easy, and we do appreciate it so very, very much. Now, let's learn about groundhogs. Let's do it! Have you ever wondered about animals? What do they look like? Where do they live? Why are some of their legs also hands? Well, we have. So it's time to learn about animals. <laughs> oh, we are learning about groundhogs today. The groundhog is a rodent belonging to the family Scuridae, which means they are related to squirrels, but they're not a squirrel. They are a marmot. They look quite a lot like large squirrels, and if you want to learn more about squirrels, why not revisit episode 19 of our podcast? After this podcast, after this episode, <laughs> or, or right now if you want to. <laughs> Pause the podcast and go look. <laughs> okay, welcome back. Adult, <laughs> adult, <laughs> adult groundhogs are around 16 to 20 inches or 40 to 50 centimeters long and they can weigh anywhere between 5 and 12 pounds. Very large groundhogs can weigh up to 15 pounds, or almost 7 kilograms. Groundzilla. <laughs> groundhogs go by a lot of names. They are referred to as whistlers, thickwood badgers, Canada marmots, monarchs, moonak, weenusk, <laughs> red monk, siflu, that's the French word for them, wood shocks, chucks but more commonly as woodchucks and this is how much of a not animal expert i am <laughs> i i thought groundhogs and woodchucks were different animals oh <laughs> no they're the same they're also called whistle pigs in some parts of the country yes they are and do you know why they're called whistle pigs because of their cry yes when they're alarmed they make a noise that sounds like this <laughs> that is an upset groundhog. Yeah, it's interesting because I've actually heard people in Colorado call prairie dogs whistle pigs, and I did not know that that was actually supposed to be groundhogs, so I don't know if it's something that we call both species or what, but it's one of my favorite things ever. I love the whole whistle pig is perfect. Whistle pig. Do you know why they're called woodchucks? No. It doesn't have anything to do with either wood or chucking. Nice. It is the Algonquin name for the animal, which is Wuchak, which oh. means the good land. Nah, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it just, we don't really know what that word means, but it's Wuchak. Hmm. Yeah, that's what they called it. Whistle pig. It means whistle pig. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, we talked about burrows of different animals before, so some of this information is not going to be totally new, but let's just get started. Groundhog slash woodchuck slash whistle pigs live in family <laughs> burrows. 
which serve as their place for mating, raising babies, hibernating, and escaping danger. Woodchuck burrows can be identified by a big mound of excavated earth at the main entrance. So on this mound, which is constantly renewed by debris from within, the woodchuck frequently sits on it to look for danger. That's when you sit up and, and look around. From the entranceway, which is 10 to 12 inches in diameter, the burrow goes down at a rather steep angle and then levels off into a narrower tunnel. A single nest chamber is used for sleeping and raising the babies, and it's at the end of the burrow. Other rooms are used as potty areas, and they keep the den pretty clean and free from disease. And in addition to the main entranceway, there are commonly one to three secondary entrances, and those entrances are dug from below, so they don't have mounds of earth to show where they are. They're very well hidden and sometimes difficult to locate, and woodchucks usually range only 50 to 150 feet from their den, and they can re retreat super fast into that burrow when they're threatened, so. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yep. And uh, I know that most of what you're going to read about this is how to get them out of your yard and stuff. And uh, unfortunately, these burrows can be huge. They they can have they can have it depends on how many woodchucks there are, but they they can have just yards and yards of of burrow. So yeah, well, they're a decent sized animal. I remember we went up to Rhode Island to visit my wife's grandmother. And she had a groundhog in her backyard that had a that had a mound in it, you know, like a little a den in it, and it was a big old hole. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, there's I guess if if they're eating your garden all the time and stuff, you might want to try to get rid of them. But it does seem like sort of a losing battle. <laughs> yeah. And they were there first, so maybe just try to put some fencing around your lettuce or something. I don't know, but yep. Yeah, so. Not much you can do, but they are pretty gosh darn neat. So They are. Uh, burrows are commonly located in fields and pastures, along fence rows, along stone walls, roadsides, and near building foundations or the bases of trees. So they, they like to kind of have them near a structure, it kind of sounds like. so. Yep. So young woodchucks frequently will occupy abandoned burrows. And so they don't have to dig them out all the time. Well, that's smart. Yeah, new burrows yeah. do appear during late summer, uh, but they're generally dug by older woodchucks. And once it's occupied, it may be used for several seasons in a row. And they are a keystone species because their burrows, once abandoned, can be used by other animals for, for their housing. Rabbits, weasels, lots of other wildlife as well. So pretty cool. neat. Pretty neat. Yeah, little smart little buggers. They are. So this part that I'm going to talk about also is going to sound very familiar, and it is about groundhog teeth. So like all rodents and squirrels, groundhogs have teeth that grow constantly. They have four incisors that are shaped like chisels, two on the top and two on the bottom, that grow at a rate of about one-sixteenth of an inch every week. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it doesn't take a whole lot of growth to disrupt a, a groundhog's feeding. If a groundhog is unable to feed due to injury, the teeth can actually curve up and grow into their heads and kill them. Oh, no. 
Yeah, there is. Uh, there are groundhog skulls online, pictures that you can see of where the teeth have just curled up and gone around and into the head, and it's really kind of sad. It is sad. So the silica in the leaves and grass kind of help keep the growth down, but groundhogs also spend a good bit of time nibbling on trees or roots. And on wood decks, and on chairs, and on anything that might be around that's made out of wood so that they can keep their teeth nice and short and sharp. Yes. Groundhog teeth are also a really great defense mechanism, because groundhogs can be aggressive. They will stand their ground, and people and their pets get bitten by groundhogs, which is dangerous because of two reasons. One, obviously, you're going to have the physical injury of getting bitten, but there's another really surprising reason. Small rodents like squirrels, rats, mice, hamsters, guinea pigs, gerbils, chipmunks, and then lagomorphs like rabbits and hares are almost never found to be infected with rabies, and they have not been known to cause rabies among humans in the United States. But according to the Centers for Disease Control, groundhogs are the only rodents that may be frequently submitted to state health departments because of a suspicion of rabies. Hmm, that's interesting. Don't get bit by a groundhog. <laughs> No. <laughs> Just watch them. Don't go near. Yeah. You can totally avoid getting bitten by a groundhog. <laughs> yeah. And people do, like we're going to talk about later when uh, when a groundhog day comes around and they use a real groundhog. That can go kind of wrong sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it can. It definitely can. Well, there you go. There you go. Rodents and their teefers. <laughs> It's disclaimer time. The Varmint podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then again, we only have the yardstick of ourselves to go by. So we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> I, I Once again, I couldn't find anything about the intelligence of this animal. I just gave him a five. It's one of those animals where you read online and, they, and uh, you know, they call the animal highly intelligent, but they don't really give an example of highly intelligent. Right. And I think it's just like people who are who are uh, like groundhog enthusiasts, I guess, who are like, oh, they're highly intelligent, but they don't tell you like how. Well, maybe, but remember that it could just be a question of research not having been done yet. Because remember when we did prairie dogs, we got to learn about prairie dogs have a language. They can describe people and animals and predators that are approaching their burrow in very concise terms, and they figured that out through lots and lots of research and study. Go back to the Prairie Dogs episode and hear all about it. It was pretty neat. So these guys are really close relatives, and they live in a very similar uh, lifestyle, so I would assume they might, they might have something like that going on as well, in which case they're going to be up in the seven, six or seven. Wow. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, wherever we put prairie dogs at because prairie dogs are way smarter than uh, we ever thought that they were if you remember so that was surprising well we are going to talk about groundhogs and pop culture and a couple other things but we're going to do that right after this whether you're fly fishing in a stream getting those ankles wet or deep in the ocean casting nets fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds it's a it's podcast, a podcast. Just for the halibut. Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. 
As the violent fems fish nerds. <laughs> <laughs> it does really sound like that. Hi, this is Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. So we're two writers who tend to procrastinate just a bit. We like to snack. We like to talk. We don't have time to write, but we have time to do this podcast. We certainly do. Join us on the bench. Listen in. At number two, Girls on a Bench. Well, this here's Animal Rancher and Expert at Large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games. All right, well, Donna is going to tell you about the obvious groundhog pop culture reference but i'm gonna tell you real quick about the popular american tongue twister how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood the tongue twister relies on alliteration with five w sounds five ch sounds and six ood sounds the traditional but very unhelpful response to the question is a woodchuck woodchuck as much as a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood that's right the actual answer to the question came from a New York Fish and Wildlife technician called Richard Thomas. He calculated the dirt in a typical woodchuck burrow and determined that if the woodchuck had moved an equivalent volume of wood, it would move about 700 pounds or 320 kilograms on a good day with the wind at his back. It's a lot of wood. Yes. The origin of the tongue twister is from the woodchuck song written by Robert Hobart Davis for the musical The Runaways. A 1904 version of the song written by Theodore Morse has the chorus of How Much Wood Would a Woodchuck Chuck If a Woodchuck Could Chuck Wood. That song is public domain, and because the audio quality is really, really bad, uh, I will tech it on to the end of the episode, and you can hear the whole thing. The song that you heard at the top of the episode was a big band remake of the song by Tex Beneke and the Miller Orchestra back in 1946. And so we'll put links to both of those songs in the show notes, and uh, you should go look at those show notes. BlazingCaribouStudios.com slash Groundhogs. Well, uh, we are going to talk about the wonderful movie Groundhog Day. Yes. Yes. It is a 1993 comedy fantasy film directed by Harold Ramis, and it stars Bill Murray as a TV weatherman who, during an assignment covering the annual Groundhog Day event, is caught in a time loop, and he repeatedly relives the same day over and over and over again. His co-stars are Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott. It is a dark comedy, and it is hilarious. <laughs> so here's the plot, basically. Weatherman Phil Connors reassures Pittsburgh viewers that an approaching blizzard will miss western Pennsylvania, he goes in with his producer, Rita Hansen, and cameraman Larry to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, to cover Groundhog Day festivities. And he doesn't make any secret of his contempt for the assignment, for the small town, and for the hicks who live there. <laughs> He's basically a big old jerk. Yep. As you can hear in the following clip. Can you keep a secret, Larry? 
I'm probably leaving PBH. So this will be the last time we do the Groundhog together. I don't understand what's wrong with the Groundhog Festival. You know, when I worked in San Diego, I covered the Swallows returning to Capistrano six years in a row. Someday somebody's going to see me interviewing a Groundhog think I don't have a future. I think it's a nice story. He comes out. He looks around. He wrinkles up his little nose. He sees his shadow. He doesn't see his shadow. It's nice. People like it. You are Ludo, aren't you? <laughs> you know, people like blood sausage, too. People are morons. <laughs> nice attitude. I want you to look in the mirror and see what you look like when you do that little groundhog thing, OK? For me, let's He comes out. And there he looks at his little shadow. Would you like some blood sausage? I have some here in the glove. I like blood sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is where they go to the hotel. Madonna. What's the matter, Phil? I hate this place. I stayed here two years ago. I was miserable. It's a flea bag. I'm not staying here. You're not staying here. I'm not? No. Larry's just dropping me off. I booked you in a very nice bed and breakfast in Cherry Street. Great. You know, I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. Would you like to come <laughs> to dinner with Larry and me? No, thank you. I've seen Larry eat. <laughs> oh. You get your sleep. I'll see you in the morning. Don't be late. Did he actually call himself the talent? <laughs> uh, this movie has a lot oh, of really good one-liners like that in the movie. That's one of my favorites, though. Did he actually call himself the talent? Oh... <laughs> 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 uh, Fabulous. So basically, it's not a complicated plot. A guy who is not a good person coming in and being a jerk to everybody, and he has to get out of the time loop by reforming himself yes. so that he can be nice and be a better person. So it is just one of the funniest movies ever done in the 90s, for sure. And it's it's up there. It's on one of my top, it's probably in my top 10 comedy movies. It is very, very oh, funny. Oh, wow, yeah. You should definitely watch it. The reviews when it was released were pretty good in general. The New York Times called it a particularly witty and resonant comedy, and the Washington Post said it was the best American comedy since Tootsie. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's, I don't know about that, but it's really funny. I, didn't, I don't know if Tootsie's funny or not because I never saw it, so. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it is. 96% certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes even today. The site's consensus is that it's smart, sweet, and inventive, and highlights Murray's dramatic gifts while still leaving plenty of room for laughs. So yeah. it is regarded as a contemporary classic, and it is just funny and really fun. So I agree with that. Go and check it out. Yeah. Somebody with a lot of time on their hands, I think, calculated exactly how much time he was stuck in that in that time loop and i think it was like eight years or ten years or something like that. yeah it was like it's quite a long time so yep and another fun fact about groundhog day hmm. that was me and my wife's first date oh really the, you went we, to see groundhog day we went to uh, a, a restaurant chain here in america i don't know if you have them in colorado called perkins we used to we had a cup of coffee and a, and a piece of pie and we talked and then we went to go see groundhog day nice 
Yeah, so there are a lot of good memories in that movie for me. Other than, I mean, aside from the fact that it's a really good movie, it's uh, it's has some nostalgia in it for me. Yeah, and the movie really did a lot for the town of Punxsutawney, too, because their festival got bigger after this movie came out. And now did it's it like really? A genuine, yeah, now it's like a genuine tourist destination where people are like, let's go to Groundhog Day in Punxsutawney. Let's do it, because they have a little wow. festival and all sorts of stuff. So Very cool. Yeah, and then you can go see some a walking tour of a lot of the locations from the film, too. That is so cool. Yeah. Speaking of my wife... What's the matter with you? Aren't you hungry? Aren't you going to eat that? Come on, eat. Oh, okay, dear. <laughs> eat, eat, you're too thin. You're too thin. Are you going to eat groundhog? No. You no? know the answer to that. No. Oh, I don't know. Groundhog. Sometimes you surprise me. <laughs> nah, nah, we don't need to eat groundhog. The January 1984 edition of Mother Earth News says groundhogs are eminently edible and delicious. What is it with Mother Earth News that they want to eat everything <laughs> except chicken? You know? <laughs> like, according to them, everything on the planet is edible except the animals that we eat. Yeah. Well, they say whist whistle pigs are vegetarians, thus their meat, when properly prepared, is quite tasty and tender. They're safe to eat. There's a lot of them. They're, they have scent glands, but I, I thought maybe that was a, a nice way of saying, you know, like anal glands. But their no. scent glands are actually like under their armpits or something. They're, they're like mm -hmm. not around. They're not around the butthole. Yeah. So I would I would try groundhog. Why not? I might I might try it, but I wouldn't seek it out. OK. Know? And I don't think we need to add it to our livestock list. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know. I will uh, include the recipe for groundhog in our show notes from Do Mother it. Earth. Do it. You News. never know. I mean, if yep. you're going to go out and hunt a groundhog and eat it, that's probably fine. I would. I would imagine. I wouldn't sure. want to. I wouldn't want to go out and hunt them, though. Well, hello, Paul. Don, it's me, Billy Lee Campbell. Hello. And I'm here to ask you a question: Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Well, let's help you win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Back to you, Paul and Donna. Oh, Billy Ray or Billy Lee. What was his name? Billy Lee? He's all, he's totally eating a groundhog. He's definitely... He could probably give you several different recipes for, <laughs> for groundhog. Really. So we're going to talk about Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is a holiday celebrated in the United States and Canada every year on February 2nd. It is not recognized as a federal holiday, but in weather lore, if a groundhog emerges from its burrow on this day and doesn't see its shadow because the weather is cloudy, winter will soon end. If the groundhog does see his shadow, it will supposedly retreat into its burrow because there will be six more weeks of winter. Candlemas is also celebrated on February 2nd in Europe. That holiday also contains similar weather lore. So there was a diary that was written by a Reading, Pennsylvania storekeeper in 1841. And that reads, Last Tuesday, the 2nd, was Candlemas Day, the day on which, according to the Germans, the groundhog peeps out of his winter quarters 
and if he sees his shadow, he pops back for another six weeks nap, but if the day be cloudy, he remains out, as the weather is to be moderate. The first official Groundhog Day was celebrated in 1886 in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Punxsutawney Phil is the name given to several groundhogs since then, but, and I didn't know this, there are several more Groundhog Day events around the United States and Canada, so here's a few of them. Ontario has Wyerton Willie. The original Wyerton Willie lived to be the advanced age of 22, and he was found dead only two days before Groundhog Day in 1999. The organizers were unable to find a replacement and instead marked Groundhog Day by revealing Willie in a coffin. He had been dressed in a tuxedo with coins over his eyes and a carrot between his paws. A scandal ensued when it transpired that the real Willie had in fact decomposed and the body in the coffin was that of an older stuffed groundhog. Oh my goodness. Somebody said, that's not Willie! Staten Island Chuck. Staten Island Chuck is a groundhog who resides in the Staten Island Zoo in Staten Island, New York, in the United States. He is noted as the official groundhog meteorologist of New York City, which predicts the duration of winter each February 2nd on Groundhog Day. He makes the prediction based on whether or not he sees his shadow at 7.30 a.m. on Groundhog Day. The ceremony at the zoo is often attended and officiated by the mayor of New York City. The Staten Island Zoo claims that Chuck has correctly predicted the duration of winter over 80% of the time since the 1980s. And then the last one is General Beauregard Lee. He is a groundhog that resides at the Yellow River Game Ranch in Lyburn, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. General Beauregard Lee has received honorary doctorates from the University of Georgia as a DWP, Doctor of Weather Prognostication and Georgia State University as a doctor of Southern Groundology. And he has been predicting early springs or late winters for 14 years, and the Game Ranch claims a 94% accuracy rate. Groundhog Day is also observed in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, Manitoba, Alberta, Nova Scotia, Raleigh, North Carolina, Tampa, Florida, and Marion, Ohio. That is really cool. Well... I thought we might discuss whether or not a groundhog would make a good pet. Okay. My initial answer is probably not, but here is what the people over at PetCareTips.net have to say about this. If you are determined to keep a groundhog, otherwise <laughs> known as a woodchuck or a whistle pig, as a pet, be aware that it will have its native instincts to dig and chew, and it can't survive and be healthy in a small cage, and I would argue probably not happy either. And right. a solo ground groundhog probably won't be so, so happy. Groundhogs in captivity can live up to 10 years, and once it's dependent on you, it won't be able to survive if you get tired of it and put it back in the wild, so you are taking on a real responsibility. Oh boy. But maybe you rescued an orphan groundhog, are experienced with many types of animals, have a large, secure yard that your woodchuck can use for exercise, and will enjoy having an attractive, affectionate, but peculiar and unusual pet. In that case, we'll tell you in some ways in which a groundhog makes a good pet, and in other ways that it makes it a challenge to keep, and in some advice to help you keep the whistle pig and yourself happy. First of all, the groundhog is a vegetarian rodent, and their teeth and claws grow constantly, as we talked about before, so they have to chew and scratch or dig to keep them trimmed all the time. 
They like to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. <laughs> and you will have to keep your pet in greens and a wide variety of fruits and vegetables and edible greens and watch him when he's in the house to protect your carpets and furniture and drywall and rugs and everything. I would say probably not a good house pet in general. Yeah. 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 So because they're burrowers, they may hide in some strange and dark and unexpected spots in your home. So it might be a challenge to find them if you let them wander around. Another thing, dogs don't usually like groundhogs and the feeling is mutual. An adult groundhog can hold its own against most dogs, but one or both may be seriously injured or killed in the fray if there's a fight. If you have a gentle dog and a young groundhog, you might be able to teach them to live together in a friendly fashion, but again, that's not a given. So a groundhog can kill a dog? If it was small enough, yeah. Wow. For sure. Your whistle pig will need a hibernation cage in your basement or other quiet, cool spot. He will probably sleep from November to the end of March and wake up hungry. <laughs> and as an adult, he or she will be looking for a mate. Like I said, they are social animals and they do not want to be alone. Last but not least, it may be hard to find a veterinarian who knows anything about treating a groundhog, and your pet will need vaccinations, including the rabies shot. Yep. If they are raised from an early age and treated gently, they can become affectionate and playful with the people they know. Important definition there, with the people they know. Right. They can also be litter box trained like a cat, and uh, all of that. Here's how you house your pet groundhog if you're actually going to do this. Okay. A groundhog cage should be at least four feet by eight feet. Whoa, that's a big cage. Made of one inch welded wire mesh, including the floor. Because yes, that that is the size of a pool table. The cage will need a large nest box and nesting materials such as hay, a sandbox for digging and fresh branches for chewing and teeth sharpening. And of course, you'll also need to provide an animal watering bottle, plentiful and large variety of veggies, fruit, etc. as we said. And you have to do daily gentle handling to tame your pet. You have to spend a lot of time with a pet like this. If you're going to build an exercise yard for your groundhog, you should buy a six foot tall wire fencing unit and bury the bottom of the fencing two feet deep in a trench around your yard to deter the woodchecks digging out. Stake oh the fence so that three feet of the fencing from ground up is tight, but let the final foot of fencing bend over into the exercise yard. Groundhogs not only can dig, they are great climbers, and that final floppy foot should deter the animal from climbing out to get to the grass that's always greener on the other side of the fence. <laughs> So it sounds like their advice is if you are determined to do it, this is yeah. how to do it. But otherwise, probably give it a miss and adopt a cat or a dog or a, <laughs> or a hamster or just about anything that you can find at the pet shelter that is not a groundhog because your life will be a million times easier. And it doesn't sound very kind to the animal either. So. No, and I've never heard of anybody that had a pet groundhog, and I, I think I know why now. Well, you look on YouTube, you can find videos of pet groundhogs, but oh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I wouldn't recommend it. No, that's that I'm not seems... an expert, but that's yeah. a lot of fuss. A pool table size. First of all, do you have room for a pool table in your house? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, you don't have room for a groundhog. Game. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. I know, right? Crazy. Crazy. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. This show has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent is Carrie McGinnis, Chris Brayton, Josh Hallmark, Chris Green, Jennifer Chomo, Stacey and Frosty, and Justine and Santiago. It is now time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat of eight years of age or younger who wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at barmanspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it very easy for you and your Rugrat to hear their voice on our podcast. So who do we have this week? We have Elise. Elise has something to say about groundhogs. Sweet. Hi, my name's Elise, and I'm eight years old. And the reason I love animals is that they're cute, cuddly, and they are really helpful into the environment. There's also a circle about animals. It also includes groundhogs. So what do you want to tell us about groundhogs? Well, they do have gray fur and brown fur. Mm -hmm. They build dens. Sometimes the dens fall, so they have to keep trying and trying. Their strong teeth are... Basically kind of like bones, like ours, uh-huh. but a little bit stronger. They're a little bit longer you may absorb. They could hurt you, too. Oh, so you can't pet a groundhog? If they're trained. <laughs> I know that we do have National Groundhog Day. What's that for? It's for, the, they used to do this in the olden times, maybe. I don't know, like in 19-something, maybe. Oh, that's the olden times for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Ouch. It's like... When the when when it's winter and it's in like it doesn't show the shadow, mm-hmm. it doesn't really um, really mean that there's that summer's coming up. It means that there's a few more days of winter. But if there is a shadow, mm-hmm. it means summer's coming up. Why do you think that is? Um, How's the shadow made? The shadow made is from the sun, and the sun is a family of all the grass. No, it is not the grass. That is stinky. (laughs) Okay. That was an extra fun fact. All right. Well, thank you so much for having uh, myself and Elise uh, in the Rugrats portion of the Varmints podcast. Do you want to say hi to Paul and Donna? Hi, Paul and Donna. Hi. Hi, Elise. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Oh, well, happy to have you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Elise. That was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and her great. mom there and her mom there is one of the hosts of two girls on the bench and you heard their promo a little bit earlier that was excellent and i feel like i learned even more yeah she did an awesome job she did thanks everybody again for listening and until next time be nice to animals be nice to groundhogs definitely don't have Just one as a pet don't have one as a pet just watch videos of them on YouTube and look at the babies because they're so cute. Oh, groundhog babies. Oh, they're so cute. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. Yeah, right.
from heaps of knowledge down in old Yale College and in Harvard University. But I ain't yet found no wells around, not even down in Tuskegee. No full-fledged college graduates, what could write off-hand lucidates, nor anywhere near stipulate to me. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? And how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck only could? Now a woodchuck could make good and wood, but there ain't no reason why he should. But how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? As an intimation that education am something everyone don't sell. Cause I'm the most what tried to soak this chuckin' joke on old Cornell. Them students could not regulate on this year problem complicate. You ought to seen them hesitate to tell. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? And how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck only could? Now a woodchuck could make good and wood, but there ain't no reason why he should. But how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? And how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck only could? Now a woodchuck could make good and wood, but there ain't no reason why he should. But how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would? Um, by the way, Kurt's going to walk through the door any second now, and okay. the dogs are going to lose their mind, but uh, yeah, okay. please continue with your general description. Oh, here that, it is. Never mind. We'll be right that back. That was it. That was all of it. Sorry. Be right back. Oh, you're good. Oh, my goodness. It's the Papa. We're recording the podcast right now, so. Oh, sorry. That's okay. We're just taking a break to do crazy dog time. <laughs> 